Hey, David. Yo. Are, aren't you excited it's E3? Like, it's the best time of the year. Yeah, it's like better than Christmas. And why the hell did I spend 40 minutes today watching the Gearbox presentation, which was literally just 20 minutes of a behind-the-scenes movie of the Borderlands movie, and then another 15 minutes of the expansion, Tina's Tiny Wonderland, and then the failed game Godfall. Why do I do this to myself? Why do I watch crappy presentations? Because because I wasn't going to watch it. Someone had to. Yeah, and honestly, I even wrote in our notes. Like, honestly, this presentation was a waste of 40 minutes. Please, can I have my 40 minutes back? Do you know what's not going to be a waste of an hour, though? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Merry E3 to all, and to all a wonderful week. David, how are you? I'm I'm not bad. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, been quite an interesting weekend, or week so far. It, it has been. Programming note for all you Meeple fans expecting a Meeple episode today, it has been bumped to next week. We are solely focused on E3 today. Mostly also because we didn't want to record like four episodes this week. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're humans. Um, we don't work in a station and we, we can't do this every day. We'd love to, but like help us out a little bit. Yeah, cut us some slack. So we're going to do two topics today. That's it. We're going to hit Square Enix and then we're going to hit the Microsoft Bethesda show. And then our next episode will be Nintendo Ubisoft and then kind of little fluff pieces, I guess, right? Yeah, see whatever else kind of pops onto the radar if there's anything significant. Yeah. Um so even though this is uh two topics, Xbox and Bethesda were the same show. Just for anyone who who missed it, because if anyone has uh paid attention over the last like what when was that? Like six months ago, maybe? How big is the boulder you're living under? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Microsoft now owns Zenimax Studios, which is uh, the parent company of Bethesda. So now we get to see what's his face. We get to see Todd Howard and Todd Phil Spencer ha- hanging Todd out all Howard, the time. Every freaking Xbox conference now. <laughs> what a goof. Crystal looks at me and she goes, Why is that millionaire? Or why is that rich looking dude wearing a sweater and like lazy pants? I'm like, that guy's the head of Bethesda. She's like, why is that millionaire dressed like a bum? Because that's how uh, Xbox works. Yeah. I mean, Phil Phil does it so well too, right? So mm-hmm. let's start with Square Enix. Uh, basic rundown of the show. I thought it was uh, a well put together hour. Did you? Okay, so now that you've caught me in a lie, I thought three <laughs> Hell, components. Even I thought it was a bad show. Okay, well, you, you th- realistically, and like I think our 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 listeners can be like, Sean, you're full of fucking shit. Yeah, it's true. I could care less about Final Fantasy. Well, to the point, I well, saw. I, I feel like you could really couldn't care less about 
a lot of games that Square Enix or Square Enix Studio owned studios release. Be that I guess like re- really the only one that you were had kind of dabbled in a little bit was uh, Tomb Raider, right? That was yep. Crystal, Crystal Dynamics. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised at all that you weren't really into this one. I did play a little bit of Life is Strange, which I, I thought was a unique game. Yeah, it was a weird game. I never really got into it. And it's being expanded. It's like the third game that they're making, which was surprising. Like, hey, you know what? It It's uh, apparently a very good game and very well received. But I guess my problem is I always uh, try and play. I always start playing it when I'm very tired and I usually just fall asleep. Yeah, that same problem with like some games for sure. Yeah. So I thought here, here here's my other gripe with Square Enix. Square Enix could have not let off with Guardians of the Galaxy. They could have finished the presentation with that and been like, oh my God, Square Enix had one of the best presentations. Easily. Because it was a lot of fluff pieces that I know you want to talk about. But when I first saw Star-Lord show up on the screen, I was like, okay. So we just saw the tire fire that was Marvel Avengers. That was really hyped up. And then it got released and it was probably one of the most broken games ever. And they are working really hard to fix it. The roadmap looks clear. They're adding a bunch of free content, which is great. But Guardians was a surprise. Mm -hmm. The one thing I really liked about that trailer was it was going to follow an original story and they didn't use actor likeness. I thought that was huge. Well, they didn't use actor likeness in the in in Avengers. The, the, that's right. 100%. And that was that was the problem with the Avengers one. That was everyone's biggest complaint is that they wanted to play a game like a modern Avengers game, and they wanted to play as you know Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and uh, Chris Evans as uh, Thor. America. So close, <laughs> you know and, that that's what people Keaton. that's what people wanted. But then they and and the game, I guess, was just also a less than enjoyable. Yeah, but uh, I I think Square Enix actually did a pretty good job, or or they the fact that they started with Guardians of the Galaxy um, shows how confident they are in it like that was the attention grabber you know they started with something big um and at first i'm gonna be honest with you my first thoughts was like oh my god like they're trying this now like an uh, they're trying another marvel game um but then they kind of went into more detail into the gameplay and it's got some sort of like rpg style um dialogue option kind of thing right mm-hmm. um and and it actually by the end of it i was actually very intrigued by it and it actually looks kind of fun um i think a big part is that they they talked about how they were taking characters and like likeness of characters from the comics and stuff like that so they were very apparent or transparent in the fact that they are doing this based off of the comic stuff 
and they're doing like an original story that way. Yeah. Um, do I like how Star-Lord looks? Not really. I feel like he looks kind of douchey, but I guess maybe that's what he looked like in the comics, right? 100%. Um, the, the, the Gamora, the Drax, they looked really good. Groot looked badass. Rocket looked really cool. I mean, even Star-Lord looked not that bad. The only thing that I found a little bit unsettling or... <sighs> I, I, maybe not unsettling is the correct word, but it's overwhelming as a viewer looking at a new game being like, okay, so Star-Lord's fighting that blob and he's flying through the air and he's clearly controlling things on his controller, telling other people in the battle to make these moves or make these attacks. Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? Like I'm trying to imagine while watching a trailer or gameplay footage more specifically, how it would work in my hand. You only have two thumbs. Yeah, but right? but didn't didn't you see there was like buttons that you pressed? Yeah, no, no, I saw that. I saw that. But like when when you start adding all those extra elements like push down and then left and then up just to pick a character and then their their attack, that takes away from the overall gameplay demo mm, this a early lot, in. A, a lot of games do that though. A yeah, lot of games have those kind of uh, squad controls and in things like um, well, Final Fantasy 7 Remake is a prime example. They took a turn-based RPG and turned it into an action RPG but you're still able to command um, your other like your other team members. And it was still a very fluid kind of way of controlling everything. Um, the The most typical way that uh, games kind of get away with it is by slowing down the gameplay when you're doing a uh, a menu selection, right? Yep. And it doesn't take away from the game. It doesn't kind of um, it doesn't make it more difficult, I guess. So I don't know. Like the the gameplay looked very fluid. Like it looked. It looked interesting and intuitive. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, I liked the dialogue. I liked the banter. Um, my only concerns right now is they did say it was a single player original story. I think it's a good. Gr- good, but I also think it's a missed opportunity to have at least a co- like a couch co-op. Maybe have somebody oh, sitting maybe, with you yeah. playing as like Groot or Gamora or whatever you want. Fair uh, enough. The other thing I thought the pre-order packages <laughs> seemed like a little bit much for me. I was like, oh, you could use the classic skins. What classic skins? A lot of people don't realize that the Guardians of the Galaxy was like a 10 or no, it was like a 16 book graphic novel series before they even made it a movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much. No. So like they're they're really reaching and grabbing. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's one of those games I, I I'm intrigued by it. Um it it definitely got my attention more than Marvel's Avengers did when they announced that um the year before. Marvel's two years before. Marvel's Avengers was a timing thing though. Everybody was fresh off endgame and wanting content. Yeah. Um but like I don't know, I feel like the fact that uh, the story on this one is completely so apparently it's very supposed to be a completely unique story. Um, I think that will really help. Whereas Avengers, you know, sure they can have a unique 
story, but it's still going to touch on a lot of the same things from that we've already explored in the movies and, and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. Well, you know what, before we get into all the final fantasy stuff, just quickly with the Marvel's Avengers, uh, the new update looks like they had fixed a lot of the gameplay mechanics. It does look a little bit more fluid and less boxy. And it sounds like the, there's no timed exclusive on the Black Panther anymore, which is great. It'd be really nice if Square Enix let Microsoft also have Spider-Man. But uh, no, that's, that's a, little, a Sony. That's a Sony thing. I know it's really it's really far fetched and just such an asshole thing to do right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it's starting to look decent, and everybody is getting the Wakanda expansion in. Uh, did they say July? Was that what Some, that was? Something like that. Yeah. So if you own the game, you get the expansion. Good for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so in classic Square Enix fashion, they had a, a little blurb about the Final Fantasy um, saga. I don't know what you would call it. Every All the games in the Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy 1 to 6, like the classic games. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. Like they're going to release a uh, a collection of all six in one package. That'd be pretty sweet, right? Oh, for nope. sure. Nope, they're coming to Steam and mobile. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like how many times? Like they, they they've all been remastered or redone in some form on mobile or on. Like I can play. Actually, I think I have Final Fantasy VI on my phone, like the the official one from. Uh, so why did they have to announce this? Like, like it's just, it's just so I don't know. It's dumb. I was uh, re- very let down by that. Um, and then uh, talking about mobile games, Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier, um, actually is currently in closed beta. On, I don't know if it's on iOS, but it is on uh, Android. I got invited to that. I played one game, and I do not plan on playing it again. That's fair. I don't plan on ever playing it. So yeah, I thought it would be kind of cool, right? Like I, the the Final Fantasy VII universe is um is pretty interesting. Like they they have a lot to it, probably because it's one of uh, Square Enix's most um beloved Final Fantasy games and uh, worlds. So my biggest gripe with the first soldier, um, the graphics are great for a mobile game and everything, but uh, controlling like first or third person shooters on a touchscreen is not fun. I've found that uh, character movement and stuff like that, like you're trying to move in a 3D space on a on a, a 2D button. Yeah. <laughs> And because you don't have a physical joystick, if you lift your thumb off and put your thumb back down on the screen in a different location, um, it it adjusts, it changes where that joystick is, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes uh, movement very difficult. So I ended up, uh, I did like one, I did one uh, battle round thing. And honestly, controlling my character was so, so frustrating. Um, I just don't understand why they wouldn't release this on like PlayStation and Xbox. You know, it's it's they could have really had something to compete with some of the other free to play battle royale games. Um, but 
they've decided to stick it to uh, mobile only. That's because that's what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not picking up a cell phone for a long period of time to play a battle royale. It's no, not me neither. Like it's it was actually, fun. I wanted to quit the game like halfway through because it was boring. But then I also wanted to just at least finish to see what the, what the end game is kind of like, right? That's, that's fair. And um, yeah, it was very long and boring and frustrating to be, to say the least. So it's okay. Cause they also added stranger of paradise, which is another final fantasy origin story. So this is interesting though. This is one that I was kind of like, okay, this uh, it's a new game um, made by team Ninja. They did the Ninja Gaiden games. I believe it was. Yeah, I, I believe um, so. You're right. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's like an action RPG like Final Fantasy VII Remake or if it's more like Devil May Cry. Um, it looked kind of interesting. And they kept talking about chaos and all the, like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, interesting. And then when they said the, like in the, in the, uh, in the trailer, talked about Garland. And I'm like, well, Garland is the first boss in or he's like i guess the main boss in final fantasy one like the first final fantasy game so it seems to be that um stranger of paradise i don't know why they call it stranger of paradise but uh is a remake of sorts of the very first final fantasy game ever made or re-imaging so it's kind of uh i know you probably won't play it because it's Final Fantasy. I just uh, never got into it when I was a kid. It's very hard to get into a series this late in the game. Well, I feel like this might be less of uh, getting into the series and more of a, this is just a new take on the same story or uh, a different take on the same story. So if you ever played like the Devil May Cry games or any of those like combo hack and slash games, might be uh, interested in this one, but we'll have to see how we'll have to wait for more gameplay footage of that. Actually, yeah. I think it was as of today. Um, the, the demo is available on the PlayStation five, but I was reading some reports online that the download f- is corrupt. So no one can actually download it <laughs> and play it until Square Enix and, and Sony fixes it. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, just for everybody who cares, Team Ninja's last few games were Ninja Gaiden, um, or Ninja Nin- Gaiden, sorry, Neo Ninja, 2. Ninja Gaiden. Sorry. Marvel Alliance, or Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, and they've done all the Dead, of, Dead or Alive games, Fire Emblem, and Hyrule Warriors. So lots and lots yeah. of hacky, hacking yeah, slashes. Yeah, they're good at those fighting ones. And volleyball games. Wait, that's not Dead or Alive. What's yeah, the? Yeah, no, they had Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. That's true. Yeah, where yeah, the story is like some guy like captured all the girls from Dead or Alive, and then he makes them play volleyball, and he gives them bikinis and stuff. <laughs> I never uh, played it, <laughs> but was there anything else you wanted to hit on Square Enix before we move to the main event? No, that was pretty much it. Like they showed a few other like random ass trailers for stuff that are coming out very quick, like very soon, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing really stood out other than, you know, guardians of the galaxy and stranger of paradise. 
The one thing I will point out is Guardians of the Galaxy's interface was PlayStation 5. I thought that was re- really unique. I know they put the disclaimer in the bottom saying like uh, P- PlayStation interface used for demo purposes. But Sony had to pay for that. You're not you're not just getting that free look. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So Sony was like, we're not going to E3, but we'll show up on a few games. That'll be fun. Of course, they're going to show up on a few games like these games are coming out for them all. But I, yeah. I it looked good. I'm excited for that. Xbox, let's go. Now so, for the the main course. Now for the main event. <laughs> and it's not Logan Paul boxing for fun. <laughs> um, Wow. So I, I think I've got to start off by saying Microsoft learned from last year. Did I th- they? I, I thought they did anyways. World they exclusive. Yeah, they stopped doing that, which was <laughs> so good. Um, I mean, they still did their title cards with like X or Xbox console exclusive, which was different and game pass. Essentially every game that we're going to talk about today, aside from three are coming to game pass. And my take on this now is like, this is, this is the way this <laughs> Xbox is now the Mandalorian. Every game that we're going to talk about is going to be available on Game Pass, whether that be launching on Game Pass or available on Game Pass. It's going to be on Game Pass. Actually, I'm pretty sure they all said like day one Game Pass. I thought there was a few of them that weren't day one because they were coming out for multiple consoles or those Mm. ones were exclusive or early access or exclusive ones. But yeah, maybe. But they so they showed 30 titles. And 27, 27 of which were coming to Game Pass. And knowing David and I, we're going to talk about like four, but that's fine. So starting yeah, off, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk about like the important ones. Yes. And nothing is more important than confirming Starfield does exist after two and a half years of waiting. And, and Microsoft only have to wait another year for it. Microsoft essentially bought Bethesda to buy Starfield. Because that whole conversation and their whole presentation was like, we're so ex-, like they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. They, they bought one of the most highly anticipated games ever. And we're still well, a year away from it. You know what really pissed me off about this whole Starfield thing is that they're like, oh, we've only like we've had this idea for this game for for oh, decades. Yeah, and this is years like, in the making. <laughs> finally, finally, we have the technology and the team to do it. And then it's like 25 years in the making. No, it isn't. You did guys did not start this game 25 years ago. You fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, it re- that just really bothered me for some reason. But it's just like, okay, no, this is just a new IP that you guys developed. And you're just taking advantage of uh, new updated hardware. I, I think what they're, they're saying is like, because uh, Bethesda has been around for 25 years, right? Yeah, if not slightly longer. So they're saying like this is the 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 the, their dream child, you know, you know, the one that they've always wanted to make, but haven't been been able to fully do it. But I highly doubt that anyone was thinking about Starfield even, you know, 10 years ago. It, it, It does look like a cool space adventure game. It's going to be massively open world, and I hope if anything, they look back at how No Man's Sky was released and promised and make sure they don't do that. Well, here's my 
problem with their trailer today or on Sunday. Literally yesterday. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it didn't show anything. What did you expect? It was alpha. They showed a spaceship. They showed it, somebody walking through space. It showed absolutely nothing. You, we still don't know anything about the game. You know, we don't know what kind of game it's going to be. And and that's what's bothering me about this is that everyone's so hyped about this game called Starfield. And it's like Xbox exclusive. It's this new new IP from Bethesda. Yeah, that's all exciting and, and, and good. But we still don't. We have no idea what this could be a twin stick shooter for all we know. I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, like, I think it's going to be followed in space. I thought it was like we were going to see some some form of gameplay so that we could see what type of game it is. But you know what it is going to be? It's just going to be, like you said, a fallout in space. It's going to be something like because really Bethesda makes the same types of games. Fallout and Elder Scrolls. First person RPGs. That's what it's going to be. I'm sure it will look great, but it's going to be a first person RPG. In space. And apparently it took Bethesda 25 years to make. Well, I'm excited nonetheless, but I'm a whore for Bethesda. But it'll come to Game Pass on day one, right? So That's true. Do you know what else is coming to Game Pass on day one? Literally All everything of these else. titles. <laughs> everything uh, else. Stalker 2. They Did you ever play Stalker? I I did David it. I did try it. Remember it, it was a it was a big game when we were in in college. I it was Love. one of those games that uh, really pushed the capabilities of people's home computers. Here's the the end all be all for me. Anyways, it's a console exclusive. Great. I started playing the ray tracing drinking game as soon as Stalker said ray tracing, which I got to about nine drinks. So it's not, not a bad day. The movement looks fucking tight. I know we're not ready for mm-hmm. It like it's April next year, right? Uh, yes, April of 2022. But okay, so the game's called Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl, and this game looked like an absolute tech demo that we should have got last year when they were launching the console. But you know, my biggest gripe, I've said it to you all, I say it all the time when you're showing an FPS or any type of shooter and you have a character running and shooting at the same time, if their hips are going in an opposite direction that you are, your game doesn't look complete. That's the biggest mistake Bethesda makes. And I know that's their, their, their model style. Stalker looked clean. Stalker looked tight. And that was alpha footage. And we saw it in 4k with ray tracing on. If you watched the stream in 4k or had the ability to, you would have seen it in all its beauty. This game, I've barely played Stalker 1. I can honestly say I tried it once or twice. I'm excited for this game, and they're, I might go back and play the other one. Yeah, they're they're pretty interesting games. Um, they kind of play on the whole idea. Well, it's, well, Stalker, the first one is called Shadow of Chernobyl, I believe it is. So it kind of is uh, stalkers go into the... What's it called? The exclusion zone or something? It's kind of an area of radioactivity based around uh, the city of Pripyat in Chernobyl. You know, the nuclear power plant problem that plagues the uh, the lands there. And so 
I, I remember like there's like rumors of Stalker 2 for quite some time and then it was announced. Like I think it does look really good. Um, it's got a good mix of um, first person shooter gloriness, gloriousness, you know, shooting. It's got some horror. It's got some stealth stuff. So um, I, I guess the biggest comparison or I guess the biggest competitor, sorry, would be like the Metro series. Because the uh, Metro series takes place in like a post-apocalyptic Russia um, with like monsters and, and stuff like that. But Stalker deals more like with radiation and mutations and stuff. Uh, speaking of monsters and blood and whatnot, the uh, unofficial sequel to, what is it, Left 4 Dead? You mean Left 4 Dead 2? Is coming out. Yeah, the unofficial sequel to Left 4 Dead 2 is coming out in uh, October uh, called Back for Blood. You guys might have heard of this one. It is a four-player co-op zombie horde shooter thing. The game game is literally going to be the same. It always is. Literally. it's uh, So it's made by Turtle Rock Studio, which is the same company that made Left 4 Dead. They've also made other games for Valve. Um, I think they did... Counter-Strike or something. They did something else with, with Valve. But uh, they, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the exact same thing as uh, Left 4 Dead. But Left 4 Dead, those are fun games. I spent many, 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 many hours playing those games with my friends online. So uh, I'm a, I'm actually pretty excited for, for this. And you know what's even better? Is that this is one of the few games that they announced or that they showed because back for blood wasn't announced like a while ago, but it was one of the few games that they showed that is actually releasing in 2021. (laughs) None of this 2022 crap. Yeah. And you know what? I think it'll be a really hyped up game. And the crazy part about it is if you have an Xbox, you get to play it without like, if you have Xbox game pass ultimate, Mm -hmm. you'll get to play it day one. You don't have to go to the store and buy it, which is pretty sweet. Can't say that for contraband, though, because they showed us a friggin trailer and it was literally just a cinematic leading to a box being an Xbox exclusive and no release date. Yeah, it's, it's, coming, on, it's coming on Game Pass. It literally showed the words co-op and open world. So generic it's going to be generic first person shooter with co-op gameplay in an open world. And Yum. I feel like you're going to be smuggling some stuff. Yeah. Next, we have. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you were gonna segue with smuggling. This game was one of my delightful surprises. I know it's an expansion on Sea of Thieves. It's Sea of Thieves: uh, Pirates' Life. Now, Microsoft uh, got in bed with Disney, and it uh, it looks pretty sweet. So we have uh, Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones being added to the game in a free update and a free story about a pirate's life. And unless they had like an insane voice actor that sounded like Johnny Depp, that sounded like Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that this can be played as like a standalone story that you don't have to kind of explore the world and find the story parts to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I, I do enjoy playing sea of thieves, but it's really only fun if you have a, 
an actual group of friends playing. When was the last time you played? Um, I played it a few months ago. I uh, loaded up on P. They they upped they've updated the game so much since the, the last time we played. Like there's so much stuff that they added to the game. So I feel like it's like when they release the game, I feel like it was released in a um, unfinished unfinished state. Um, it yeah, almost it, feels it like was it, rush released when we all got it. It it feels like a completely different game now. Um, but you know this this uh, a pirate's life expansion might actually bring me back to the game if it is in fact a, like a standalone story. Like I can just go in and play this story. It looks kind of cool. The one thing I will say about Sea of Thieves before we move on that actually really impressed me is how community driven the game is and how customizable the game has become. Like I remember you'd land on most islands and there wouldn't be much going on, but now it seems a little bit more developed. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They, they've really, really supported the game. Um, and they're constantly adding stuff. It's, it's actually, uh, I, I think it's one of those things that like Microsoft is making sure that the game is turns like becomes and maintains the status as like, uh, that is a game that you need to play. And this confront to some on the internet or some internet pundits. Some people are thinking this means that we're getting another, um, pirates of the Caribbean movie, but we don't know. Or I thought that there was another one being made oh maybe it's like part and parcel i i oh, apologize maybe. i don't really pay attention i just see it on tiktok um um david's favorite franchise has another game on game well, pass it's, it's not another game it's the game came out like months ago i said another game on game pass <laughs> uh all of you people out there who have not played yakuza 7 also known as yakuza like a dragon um which Fun fact is the name of the Yakuza movie that was made that not many people have seen, but it's actually a really good movie. Uh, that is now on Game Pass. So I think that pretty much makes all of the Yakuza games available on Game Pass. Yeah. So that's like, that's a shit ton of content right there. Now I have the game on uh, PlayStation. I actually started playing Yakuza on, well, it was only on PlayStation for the longest time. Um, so honestly, I will only ever buy those games on PlayStation just so that I have that complete kind of collection on the same system, you know? Uh, and I'm not even mad that it's on game pass. You know, like how some people are like, oh my god, I just bought the game. I didn't have to. I I shouldn't have bought it because it's free on Game Pass. Well, you know what? I am so happy that more people will get to enjoy the Yakuza series. You should try it out. I I probably won't. <laughs> I know because it's. I know you won't because it's not Call of Duty, right? Yeah. Um, here's a game that now has my interest a little bit differently. We saw another trailer for 12 minutes, but it seemed to be a condensed trailer of the like three minute one we saw previously. Mm -hmm. But this time they told us the voice actors in it. I can get behind a game that has Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy. Yeah. And Emma, Emma Roberts. No, no. (laughs) David doesn't want me to say her name because she apparently ruined Star Wars, but Daisy Ridley. Oh, that's it. 
Um, 12 minutes, I'm still... I'm, I'm intrigued by two things. One, we haven't seen any gameplay yet. So are we going to get this top-down situation where you're walking through different things and it's all top-down? Or and two, what is this game about besides Groundhog Day? Is the whole game, is the whole viewpoint just that top-down of their apartment? That'd and be crazy, too. Does the game take, like, does the story take place in 12 minutes? And... Do your actions change how those 12 minutes can play out? I'm and are there multiple different endings? We will I'm find out on probably right. I'm probably right on all those. Yeah, the game comes out on my birthday, just so y'all know. Like this to me is much like medium. You didn't even like respond to that. That's because you don't get this a birthday. game right. comes out on my birthday. We will have a happy birthday. <laughs> you know what? If we're streaming by then, we will have a happy birthday 12 minute stream. At twelve, minutes. yeah, we're gonna stream for twelve minutes. Yeah, or we'll play but, until the game's over. I don't know. We'll we'll come up with it. Yeah, um, yeah, just very intrigued. This to me is the medium of this year's E three. Medium was cool. It was short, but it was cool. Twelve minutes has that kind of like narrative driven situation. And again, we're like big names in a trailer. I know we didn't talk about Gearbox very much, but that whole um tiny tina's or whatever the heck it's called i already forget her name yeah tiny tina's wonderlands is voiced by will arnett wanda sykes and andy sandberg so big celebrities joining video games neat uh what do you think of psychonauts 2 um i think it will be a fun platformer with humor in it i never really played the first one i know that there's kind of like a big cult following behind it fair enough fair enough i don't know much about it i just know it's very popular Mm -hmm. um bethesda also included 10 titles including dishonored wolfenstein 2 all of the fallouts are now on game pass as well as doom and rage that's a that's a lot of titles yeah and some people are not going to go back and play those older games i get it um if you get the chance to play wolfenstein 2 play it um, also Fallout Tactics, not terrible, but Fallout 3, there's a reason it won. Like it cleaned house at a game of the year. There's a reason. If it comes with the expansions, play it. I don't know if it does. I, I didn't actually see, but I think it would be a gross misstep by them to not have um I think I think the expansion for it's called the uh um something steel. But essentially it takes you beyond the events at the end of the game. Which is huge. Fallout 3 Game of the Year Edition. Yep. It's the uh, one that comes with all five. Can you uh, go? Adam Packs. Can you tell me what the uh, content packs are named? Um, full details. Let's see. Operation it's, Anchorage. Yeah. The Pit. Broken Steel. Broken point, Steel. That's the one. Point Lookout. Mothership Zeta. Yeah. Broken Steel was the one that increased your level cap. Yeah, and it also let you go beyond the events of the. I mean, it's not spoiling it now that we have Fallout 76, but the choices you make, like the game has one definitive ending, and that's what people loved and hated about Fallout 3 at the same time because it had such an emotional send off. You were like, oh my God. And then you realize that you're like, oh my God, I could have went back and did all these other things. Son mm-hmm. of a bitch. <laughs> but 
once you play the expansion, which is Broken Steel, which I guess is pre-built in the game, the water's purified, and you get to do a whole bunch of crap. And you get to continue on all your other side quests, which is really cool. Speaking of Fallout 76, David, it happened. What happened? It just... They made the game look interesting? Yes! This is now the second title from the Xbox presentation alone, in which I wanted to be like, I I could reinstall that. That's kind of cool. They are adding more um, content for free, which is really great. I think Bethesda learned that they can't ask people for more money unless you're going to do it through microtransactions Mm -hmm. because they, they let the fan base down. And people aren't paying a lot for this game, if anything. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think it's kind of cool that you can pick now. There's this whole justice or duty. You get to kind of finalize what happens with the Brotherhood of Steel in that update. And then they're offering a second expansion, which is going to expand into Pittsburgh. That's cool. They, they've they've tricked me a little bit. Yeah, they're supporting a failed game, which is uh, not not definitely not an EA move. <laughs> Uh, so then they, this one was, uh, we'll just touch on this real quick. I was uh, very surprised by this. They, they, uh, had said that Elder Scrolls online, which has been around for a while, which is a, I don't know. It's a pretty fun game. Um, they are releasing an Xbox series X and S optimization update soon. Um, I think, I don't know if it was like this summer or the fall, but I'm, intrigued as to what that actual optimization is because i do if i do recall they did release a xbox series x update uh i want to say like a year ago not or i guess the console only came out like a year ago um like six months ago maybe it's so it's good that they're supporting it though yeah oh yeah they're gonna keep that's a that's a money maker for bethesda Oh, for sure. And between that and Fallout 76, their servers are going to be jam-packed. And mm-hmm. they, the two things that they said, or the, the one thing that they said in both events was like, they're so happy with how the community is continually driving the success of these titles. Yeah. All right. Um, a few other random things that came out. Party Animals. It's just like a fighting game. I forget what it was. Uh, it's, it's literally... It's a reskin of, of Fall Guys. Yeah, that's it, Fall Guys. Uh, Hades is coming out for uh, Xbox, which was uh, a, a huge kind of out-of-nowhere masterpiece for the Nintendo Switch. So anyone who missed that, uh, there's this game called Somerville. I'm not going to really lie, know. this one looked kind of weird. I like it, it was intriguing. Yeah, I'm not really not sure how I feel about it, but... Uh, all of those, well, Party Animals and Somerville come out in 2022. Hades comes out August 13th this year. So all on Game Pass. Um, and then... Do you want to just hold these two to the very end of Microsoft? Sure. All right. And then <laughs> moving forward, they showed uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected, uh, which is not coming on to Game Pass. It's one of the few games that <laughs> they showed that wasn't... That's coming out this October. Um, why did I say October? My note says October 
2019. But I, I just figured you were sure. drinking. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it will be optimized for the Xbox Series consoles, and it allows cross-progression between systems and PC, yep. which is cool. So Diablo 2 was like a, a, a huge game. I remember a lot of my friends in high school played that. Uh, what else? Uh, they po- showed Redfall. I, oh, I yeah, changed was, the order a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> Redfall uh, was the last thing that they showed. Yes, it was. But yeah, sorry. Which was, uh, I don't know, it was another cinematic trailer. It's going to definitely be something like a co-op vampire yeah, that, hunter. Yeah. It's, it, it looked interesting, but it also looked like Microsoft did two things really well. Um, which I guess would be prepared for a summary, but they, they brought some old and they brought some new, but some of the new stuff there, they were able to bury like some of their more iffy titles. They were able to bury behind big titles that kind of came up, which, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? A plague tell Requiem. Actually, I was pretty excited for this one. Same with, uh, Angela, because we played through plague tale. Have you, have you played it? No, I haven't. It's the one with like the rats and all that stuff. Still haven't played it. <laughs> it's uh but you know the one I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. It uh I heard that it was like a, a a good game and so we just decided to sit down one day and start playing it. It's it's very linear in the sense that like it's not like an open world game. The, there's different like kind of paths you can take in in the levels but for the most part you're going from point a to point b but what's really interesting about it is the story the story is very well done and it makes you care about the characters and and kind of the world and everything um and i was very satisfied i i I felt fairly satisfied with the ending of the game um angela and i played through it over the course of i don't know like uh two or three weeks you know we'd Instead of watching a movie on uh, Friday night, we'd sit and play a Plague Tale for a few hours, right? Yeah. So I saw this trailer and I'm like, oh, I recognize this. And I called Angela over and that's when like a sea of or like a wave of rats comes through. And she got really excited. Uh, so there's a sequel to A Plague's Tale calling coming out called A Plague Tale Requiem. Comes out on 2022 at some point on Game Pass, which is sweet. Um, the first one was really good. So I'm really excited for what they will do with the second one and also with how they're going to take advantage of the next gen hardware capabilities. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, next up is the original game from Ubisoft that is just so mind blowing that they've made five other ones. It's Far Cry 6. (laughs) Um, I laughed so hard when I saw that it was an original game. I'm like, Oh, this looks like the far cry engine. And they're like, now an original game from Ubisoft studios. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, Oh, it's far cry six. Never mind. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy that they're calling it original because it's literally the sixth game in a series of games that are very similar. I did not play the fifth one. And apparently it's really good. If it drops its ass on game pass i'll probably try it or if i can get it for 20 bucks sure but i ended up buying it on uh playstation it was like 23 dollars for the gold edition so it came with like the all the season pass and stuff like that um the last one i beat was some, four and someone also had recreated the entirety of i think i mentioned this in our last episode the entirety of uh golden eye 64 
in the arcade mode for uh, Far Cry 5. I think you told is, me that the other night. I don't oh, think we yeah. recorded that. Oh, maybe. But yeah, so that was like the main reason why I bought it. But I started playing it. Apparently, like uh, I was reading some comments on on Reddit and people who lived in like southwestern uh, or like southern United like, States yeah. were kind of like, oh, my God, it's kind of hit a little too close to home with kind of like the hardcore religious kind of culty kind of people. Them rednecks? But, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Far Cry 6, an original game's coming out. It literally is just like the same game in a different location in what, like Guatemala or Mexico or something like that? Uh, I didn't actually get the... I kind of tuned out Far Cry. I saw the trailer the other day. I was like, okay, whatever. And and I think the, the main, like the big difference with this one is like the weapons and there's like some... The um, customization. And- vehicles and stuff like that look a little more wacky, but uh, other than that, yeah. It kind of felt like, um, oh my god! Oh, it, it felt like Saints Row. Like you know how Saints Row had that that feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now we're kind of getting into the games that I literally had no interest in. We saw Slime Rancher, Yawn, um, Shredders. Do you remember uh, how well Steep did for Xbox and it PlayStation? Did. I think it did great. I think it was a contender for game of the year. Yeah. Then why did we need another one? (laughs) Wait, they made a steep too. No, but okay. So shredders essentially to (laughs) me looks like SS tricky kind of crossed with, um, steep a little bit. Like we have riders Republic still coming out, which is another snowboarding multi sport game. Why do we need another snowboarding game? Is it that popular? Like I remember the snowboarding boom after the Olympics years ago when we had it on our freaking PlayStation ones and mm-hmm. our, that like was our S- GameCube SSX, right? Yeah, like- SSX, and you had Dark Summit, you had uh, 1080 snowboarding, you had yeah, cool, Sean White, Cool Borders, Cool Borders. Like, are we just rehitting that? Like, are snowboarding games the sports game that's like vampire games or zombie games? Maybe I don't know. Next up. Atomic Heart looked very kind of Fallout-ish. Yeah, it, it was interesting, though, because it looked like Fallout. And you know how Fallout is kind of like an, uh, an alternate future, right? So it's kind of like the 60s, 70s aesthetic, but still futuristic at the same time with robots and shit. Right? Yeah. This uh, one feels f- like more futuristic but still kind of retro at the same time. But in a, like, it's hard to put my finger on it. Like it didn't look like, like they were blatantly ripping off fallout, (laughs) but at the same time, they kind of were. Yeah. A little, um, didn't we see a little bit of it last year too? I kind of, I don't know if it was that, or if it was just a straight up like teaser. It, it did look very Fallout ish. The one other thing I will say is like it had a very, it had a deeper steampunk kind of vibe, or that's mm. at least how I felt. I don't know. It it's definitely something to keep our eye on for sure. But I I wasn't really sure what I was watching. Mm-hmm. What do we got next? Uh, what do we got? Uh, there's a game called Replaced. Oh, that uh, it was that side scroller. 
Yeah, but so a lot of games these days are doing, or a lot of indie studios are doing these like 8-bit, 16-bit style games, right? This one almost felt like it was like more like 32-bit, you know, like Super Nintendo. Um, It looked kind of interesting. It's coming to Game Pass in 2022, so I'll definitely play it on there. Um, but the, the other the other big thing, though, was Grounded. The trailer was hilarious. So did you play Grounded? I did. Remember, I had early like, access to it. Oh, yeah, a little bit. And then we never really we were going to play together and never did. Um, it's like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the video game. Um, but they've just announced like a, a, a big update called the Shroom and Doom update. So they've added the ability to sit. <laughs> uh, you can have pets. There's mushrooms and a big ass spider. So with that being said, I'm glad you said the big ass spider. Um, I was watching the presentation and Chris was in the room and she loved the fact that there was the arachnophobia filter where you could just make it the erogenous blob. So if you like, if you're scared of spiders, you could just play against a blob. That's also a bad guy, but it's well, yeah, they have better. that setting. Like that's a main setting in the game. Oh, I had no idea. I've never. Yeah, I've yeah, never that's actually that. a setting in the game because you know there are spiders and stuff like that. So it's interesting though that the developer though has taken that into consideration, right? Like they're that just is their way of making their game more accessible to more people, right? Isn't, Obviously, they're. Not, hmm? Isn't grounded done by Obsidian? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's Obsidian. Um, but like so many times, developers like they make these games, and it's like this is the game. This is what you get, right? Like we don't care if you're afraid of snakes. We're gonna put a giant snake in the game, and you're gonna have to deal with it, right? Um, so it's cool that they're they're uh, added like they added that mode to change the spiders into generic blobs um it was a very funny trailer though like the it was very joking and like hey you wanted to sit so now you can sit cool i like that uh and they and they added achievements <laughs> oh yeah they did then we were told we were getting an among us update lobbies will now be 15 players that's kind of fun actually yeah and uh when is that june 15th so as of if you're if you're listening to this episode today today um you can play Among Us on now. It is on Game Pass for uh, PC, uh, but the update and the release of Among Us on Xbox is on June fifteenth. And if you were smart, you would have got it for free from Epic a week ago. Yeah, but you can't play it on your Xbox. That's true. Just telling people how to play, man. Just. Telling people how to play. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I'm going to leave this game to you because okay. I looked at it. I was like, oh, JRPG, I'm out. Well, so here's the thing. I'm not going to talk too much about this because I don't know anything about it. I just think it's kind of ridiculous that they they had this in here. So they had this game. It's called like Euden, Euden Chronicle 100 Heroes. It looks like a JRPG. It looks more like a, a graphically advanced bravely default so like that uh 18 or like 32 bit uh rpg kind of thing with like 3d worlds but this one looked more kind of refined and more 3d um but then the release date was 2023 in two freaking years why 
the fuck do you even show this trailer? I feel like they were like there this there's got to be some sort of hype behind this series or something like that for them to do this because at the very end of this trailer they showed a logo for Euden Chronicle Rising uh which I'm going to assume is like the prequel or like the uh first game in the series or something um and that has a release date of 2022 so why wouldn't they do it the other way around why wouldn't they show that the the first one is coming out next year and then oh my god we have the sequel to this coming out in 2023 then that would make more sense to actually show it but like it this is like a starfield all over again yeah except we got starfield today and like we have to wait (laughs) three years for this one but, I know, but when Starfield was announced or like Halo Infinite, like those were all announced like way too early, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. A game that really impressed a lot of people was The Ascent, the top-down twin-stick shooter mm-hmm. available mid-summer on Game Pass, which looks kind of cool. You can actually pre-install it right now on PC and I believe on your Xbox. I believe every game we're going to talk about from here on out is pre-installable. Maybe. Including Age of Empires 4. How excited were you when you saw that? Actually, you know what? Age of Empires, I remember going to my friend's place in in high school because he had Age of Empires 2 on his computer. And I just remember we would sit there and play this for hours (laughs) on his computer. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. It looks cool. It looks like they've added enough to keep the game fresh. Um, again, obviously, it's just like a generic real-time strategy game, right? But the cool thing about the Age of Empires series is like once you... And, and I know other games, other RTS games have done it, but like I always thought it was like really cool when you upgrade your civilization and then all your buildings and everything just advances and changes how yeah. they look and stuff like that. Um, when does that come out? October 28th. October 28th. No. Yeah, it's included in Game Pass, so on on PC because it's a PC only game. <laughs> Speaking of included on Game Pass, the best trailer by far of the show dropped, and it was The Outer Worlds two. Yeah, their the, writing is phenomenal. They've I done love, this now for three years. Yeah, the trailer literally just made fun of video game trailers so good and it was like uh it, it was great and and they said all that pretty much they admitted all that they had was uh a title yeah they don't even have a date or anything which no yeah no date or anything no pressure to beat the first one or the expansion there exactly boy. <laughs> exactly um now this is one that a lot of people were looking forward to um i actually am really excited for it um Mind you, I've also played this on PC because it's been out for a while. But uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is finally coming to Xbox Series X and S on July 27th. Um, have you ever played any of the Flight Simulator games? I have, yes. So, like, there, it's just some, there's something so relaxing about flying a, uh, you know, a Boeing 747 and finding your house. And crashing it into there. 
I remember when this game came out and I, we had talked about me doing that, right? Like <laughs> I'd find the apartment and just crash the plane into it. Um, but it's finally coming out to Xbox, which uh, is great because there's a lot of like the, the game is a visually demanding game. Um, so in order to, I, I don't really know if a lot of people have PC hardware that is capable of playing this in a way to really take advantage of the amount of detail and effort that the developers put into making this game look as good as, as good as it does. Um, so they are releasing that on, uh, like I said, what was it? July 27th. Yeah. So but the biggest thing though, my note literally says, Oh shit. Top gun. <laughs> yeah. Like you, 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 I love how they brought it back and they were like, Oh yeah. So Mavericks plans here. That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what they do with that. Like if they are going to have some sort of, you know, okay, can have, have they added a, uh, like a, a combat simulator into it? Or are you just going to be flying jets and shit? Oh, I want to be able to shoot shit. Right? Like straight up. Like I, if I, I can't find my apartment and shoot a missile right into it, I'm going to be upset. Um, the only thing that might... This is such a tiny little thing for me anyways, but Microsoft Flight Simulator appears to only show for the Series X and the Series S. Are you telling me that my Xbox One X can't play it, but the Series S can? Probably. The Series S is more powerful than the One X. I'm just... its This is going to be the difference between me playing on my gaming monitor and then hauling my Xbox out to go play on the big TV. That's all this is, to me anyways. You know, you, you just have to unplug the console, right? You can just swap the cables. Like, unplug your Xbox One, right? Leave the cables connected. Seems then like take a lot of work. take your Series X and plug it into the same cables. Too much work. Already not interested. <laughs> now, we only have a few games left, guys. We, we promise we'll give you some of your time back because we have another show dropping in a few days. But the, the I told you so moment... I made one prediction correct, and David was surprised. But we got Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised about this one. We don't know a lot. We know it takes place in Mexico. It's going to follow a similar pre- uh, premise to all the other ones. You're helping build the, the Horizon Festival. But, my God, the advancement between the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X, or Series S for that matter, just the, the game engine and the overall look, and our boy Ray Tracing, this might have been the best looking game we saw. Oh, yeah, by far. And it was um, a tech demo. It wasn't just. No, no, no. That wasn't footage. a tech demo. That was like in game footage. Oh, that's what I mean. Sorry. What did I say? Tech demo? A tech demo is, is usually like pre rendered. Yeah. The, the in game footage, I, I apologize for the misstep. Even the fact that they got rid of that stupid smart driver thing that would bring in real world aliases, but it would just bring in all the people you've ever met in the game or your gamer tag or your, your friends list. It would bring into the game. Mm-hmm. Now it's only bringing in real drivers from the game. So anybody you've crossed paths with anybody that you're friends with, that also has the game. And it seemed very seamless. Like the intelligence of the game being like, Hey, you like to play drifting games. Why don't we try and find other cars that like to play the same thing with you? And if you're near it, we'll let you know and it'll make a connection. Yeah. Or like if you're playing with your friend and it'll prompt you 
to uh, play something that your friends will play as well. Yeah. Right. So if if we were to playing together, and I it knew that you liked drifting games, and it for me it it's a I guess it knew that I liked the pinata pop game. Right. It might make a suggestion for me to invite you to a drifting game. And for you to invite me to a pinata pop game, right? Like it, which is kind of interesting, right? Because it's, uh, it's learning how you play the game, but then also tailoring the game to the way that you play, but then also encouraging your friends to play the game with you that you like. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's, uh, it, I, I th- thought the game that I just in general, like you said, it looks amazing. Um, they have a lot of like photorealistic. Um, oh, I thought that literally textures and everything from that volcano. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. was like, oh my god! Some of that stuff looks it. It's looks real. It looked touchable. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought it was kind of funny how like they mentioned like they took like multiple days worth of pictures of the sky. <laughs> Just so that they have a photorealistic skybox for the game. So now you're going to actually get the way that the sun and the moon and daylight, all that stuff, nighttime looks in Mexico. And it's not just some generic daylight cycle. This is actually going to be how it looks in Mexico. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It was very impressive. But yeah, I have to admit, you know, I was wrong. You know, I thought we were going to get some more, some uh, more, what, Forza Forza Motorsport 8 stuff. But turns out that uh, we're getting Horizon 5 before we get um, Motorsport 8. At least they apologize for not having Motorsport 8 done. They're like, yeah, we're still heavily working on it. I'm guessing the delays and people just didn't have the systems available to them to work on that game. That is going to be a resource extensive game. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe they want to release it a little bit later because it has to be perfect. Forza games have always been a benchmark for visual beauty and success within mm-hmm. the Xbox ecosystem. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. You know, I also am excited for the final two games here. One is not an Xbox exclusive. And one very much is first. We're going to say we got a little bit more information for battlefield. Uh, 2042. The the staggering number that kind of blew my mind was 128 player gameplay. Do you remember when we first got the Xbox One? They were mm-hmm. like 64 people. They've doubled it out, man. That's wild. Well, here's the thing. PC players have been used to 128 game, 128 player multiplayer in Battlefield 2 for uh, many, 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 many years. A that was uh, that was a uh, like a a big selling point of the Battlefield franchise for a very long time uh, before it was on on consoles that you could have these 128 player multiplayer games. So two teams of 64, which was massive. That that is a very very massive online game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like these battle royale games, like Warzone. How many people are in there? Uh, Warzone, if you play a regular map, is 140, but that's 
either, or it could be up to 150 with teams of four. Right. But the maps are so big, right? And everyone's kind of all over the place that there's not as much that needs to be done uh, on the system and the servers to translate, you know, all of that game information right whereas the battlefield games have always been kind of known for some of those like large scale warfare games that uh is more like arcadey with the touch of realism right whereas uh uh no wait hold on more realistic with the touch of arcadiness to it whereas like the call of duty ones were more arcade with that whole kind of realistic look right um Okay, I can't justify buying this game for $90 plus tax because there's no campaign mode. It's just multiplayer only. They're going to have a season pass that you have to pay for. Uh, and there's going to be a ton of uh, microtransactions. Come on, it's EA. Yeah, it's it's going to be probably a PR disaster. And I'm going to make a bold prediction that by February or sooner, we might actually see it before Christmas, they're going to say that like there's some DLC or all DLC will be free. I wouldn't. I I don't know. That's that's a hard hard kind of thing bold. to guess because I I feel like they are really trying to go back to the roots of what made Battlefield a lot of fun, and Battlefield Two was uh kind of like the heydays of the the series and that's really the second game in the series right but there's still tons of people that play battlefield 2 uh battlefield 3 was pretty good uh battlefield 4 things kind of started to slide a bit uh and then they went back to like world war one and world war two and they just didn't do as well as they had hoped so they're kind of going back to their roots the 128 player gameplay uh on xbox series is uh is a big deal because it it it's just going to make those large scale warfare like those large scale battles just feel that much bigger. Um, and I, I have to say, I am actually pretty excited for this one. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow if uh, my friends end up buying this at launch, and then they, I just need to buy it <laughs> just to play with them. Um, Fair, but. This was one of those games that like I was never really hardcore into the Call of Duty multiplayer and stuff like that. But, you know, Battlefield 3, I played that for like hundreds of hours. Oh, with, I know. Uh, I played with, with my you friends. a lot. Right. Um, I remember my buddy came or actually. No, my buddy and I, we spent like pretty much an entire day trying to get this one stupid achievement this one it was a bronze trophy like it's worth like it's like the equivalent of like 10 gamer point and it was one of the kind of special missions that they had you had to uh it was like you were snipers so you had to get all these kills from across this river without alerting any guards or anything like that it took us so long to get this stupid basic achievement, but we had so much fun doing it and we played so much multiplayer. Um, and actually on one of our Facebook memories today, my buddy sent it to me. Uh, 
because uh, on this day, how many years ago? Eight years ago, we pre-ordered Battlefield Four. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty inter- it was pretty funny because like there's a picture with Battlefield Four. We got some Battlefield dog tags. We had cigars. Like this is how excited we were for these these games. Um, and my my like gaming group here, they are already super excited for Battlefield Five. I'm not in your gaming group. Not for Battlefield. You oh, play Warzone. That's true. I do enjoy Warzone, and I'm uh, I'm back on that rainbow grind. But enough about that. Um, finally, we. I know this happened a little bit earlier in the show, but we held off because the topic that it will breed. Um, quickly, I want to talk about Halo Infinite. We saw it. It looks so much better than it did last year. And I'm kind of glad that we didn't get it last year now that I've seen it. Mm-hmm. The, the the story looks kind of all messed up. Master Chief looks very confused as to why Cortana doesn't exist anymore. I'm I'm confused. You didn't finish <laughs> the last game, though, did you? Oh, no, I haven't finished any of them. I've David the games. I love how this is now a coin term. <laughs> Here's where the mega bombshell dropped. Halo Infinite multiplayer is going to be free to play. It's going to be put into the same category as Fortnite, Warzone, Apex Legends, that kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes it harder for some people to buy the game, but you won't have to if you have Game Pass. So it'll well, be very interesting to see how it sells. Well, yeah, it could be, like because people buy Halo games for the multiplayer. The stories are pretty awesome though the stories are good but primarily people buy them for the multiplayer i would say Mm -hmm. right like um so yeah making it free to play or the multiplayer free to play uh bold move cotton let's see (laughs) if it (laughs) let's see if if it pays off pays off um but i think from a microsoft standpoint it's very smart they're going to get the players who played the Halo 2 multiplayer, Halo 3 multiplayer, and they're going to bring them to this free-to-play Halo 5, right? Is that? No, Halo 6. Infinite. uh, Multiplayer, but with anyone. Like, anyone can pick up and play it. You don't have to buy the game. So this is going to pull players from Warzone. This is going to pull players from Fortnite. Battlefield 5 when that releases. It's going to it's, keep people from... That's not actually Battlefield 5. You know that, right? Because another Battlefield came out after Battlefield 4. Yes, I know. But th- it's called Battlefield 5. 2042. Oh, yeah, it is. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> Battlefield 2042. So who, who put that in the notes? The, not me because I copied yeah, that your was, notes. That was totally me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, um, it's going to pull players from all of these other multiplayer games, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how how they uh, how the sales for the game. So go. this announcement made me less excited for Battlefield. Let me tell you why. I mean, if uh, I'll be 100% honest. If I didn't have Game Pass or Halo wasn't dropping on Game Pass, I would have a day one. That's a no-brainer. I own all the other ones in the Master Chief collection. I have all the games. 
not physical because we're all on a card now, but whatever. I would have had a day one. The guys I game with all are going to have a day one regardless. What incentive do I have to spend $90 on Battlefield for a multiplayer only game where I can play with all my friends Halo because that's going to be more popular? Battlefield Mm -hmm. will get a draw 100%, but Halo is following the exact same roadmap that freaking, um, why can't I think of the name? Activision and Raven Studios is doing with Warzone. You're going to release a Halo game that's going to have multiple multiplayer maps, probably some sort of Halo Battle Royale because that'll be sick as fuck, and a Battle Pass, and it's all free. You just have to pay for the microtransactions of it, and you can still level up normally. Mm-hmm. I will take that any day of the year. I'm sorry, Battlefield. You had my atten- attention coming in. You had a sick trailer. You had a guy falling out of a plane, blowing up another plane, and then landing back in his plane. Awesome. And then Halo was like, hold my beer. I'm sorry. Yeah, but so this is a prime example, though. You are the person that Halo is marketed towards. People I, don't want to spend money? I am. No, no, no. Because you really enjoy the Halo games. That's also true. Right. I have played the Halo games. And while I enjoy the campaigns that I have played, um, I'm not a big fan of the multiplayer. Partially because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but I'm a, a big fan of the Battlefield franchise. So, yes, well, I would love for Battlefield 2042 to be released on Game Pass so I didn't have to pay for it. Um, you know, I would be more willing if I had both games, if both were Game Pass and both released at the same day, I would be playing Battlefield. Okay, so 90 bucks. You, I give you $90 to go to the store. If, hell, if you're, if you're buying me a copy of Battlefield, then yeah, I'll buy it on, no, on day one. No, no, no. <laughs> the question is, if both games cost the same amount of money and yeah. they weren't on Battle or on uh, Game Pass. Yeah. If I gave you money for one game, which one are you buying? I would still buy Battlefield. You'd buy that, okay? Because, like I'm saying, like I am, I am a fan of that franchise more so than I am a fan of Halo. But Halo built shooters to what Con- console shooters, yes, I, and I'm not denying that. But Battlefield, I played that on PC, right? Like I've, I have a history with that one as well. Um, now, granted, Battlefield is coming out in October and Halo Infinite has a uh, a release date of holiday 2021. So they're both coming out this year. This is going to be a unique window. It's going to be so cool how this all plays out. I will be very surprised if Battlefield does not have a sale. If on it does Black not Friday. go on sale on Black Friday or yeah, because they are going to want to get those Christmas sales in. Um, I personally, when is Black Friday? That's November, right? Yep. I personally will not be buying Battlefield uh, 2042 at launch. I just, um, right around October, uh, I'm, I'm that time of year in my life this year might just be uh, 
up in shambles. A little bit busy. <laughs> yeah, a little busy. Mostly just with, you know, life stuff. And also it's $90 plus tax in Canada. I mean, I won't. I mean, if it was coming out next month, I wouldn't be buying it because I just bought something stupid. Yes. But, no, but uh, I'm definitely going to wait for uh, a sale for that one. Even what's if it's like, price? honestly, because because I want to play it and I know that I will play it a lot with uh, my Battlefield friends. If the game were to drop to 69, like 70 bucks. I would buy it for 70 bucks. bucks off. I would buy it or my comfortable spot to buy it. Unless I see some massive change between now and October is 49.99. Fair enough. And like, that's me being generous knowing that it won't drop to like 29 or $39 for quite some time. But now they have to show me more because I still play Warzone. I have a group of people who I play Warzone with. I, oh, I, you know, you don't need season passes for Rainbow Six anymore, but I avidly play Rainbow Six. Those are two games that consume a lot of my time. And if you're going to have another shooter, like I know the guys I play with, we will all be dropping in Halo at the exact same time, day one. It's not going to matter. And if I buy Battlefield and those guys don't, unless you're on playing it, I doubt I'm really playing a lot of Battlefield. So for me, it's, like the expense isn't worth the reward unless I find more people who want to play the game. That's fair. That's, that's, that's a fair judgment. So with that being said, that concludes E3 part one. That was a lot of information, a lot of games. And we're slightly hopeful that some of the games are repeats through the other presentations. Like we won't yeah. dive too much into Far Cry, even though we will be talking about Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, what do we got coming up? Nintendo. We got Nintendo. That's going to be an interesting one. Nintendo could go in any which way. Yeah, we have Nintendo. We they have always Ubisoft. kind of pull something out of their hat that is not expected. And um, Capcom may have something cool tomorrow. Oh, yeah. All right. So, closing thoughts on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Xbox slash Bethesda's E three twenty twenty one? presentation my 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 head wants to say dude that was so much better than last year give it a 10 or sorry my heart says that my head says give it an eight i think it did a lot of really good things i saw ips that i'm excited for which is good um if you took out some of the fluff pieces like battlefield (laughs) <laughs> and far cry well they are fluff pieces because they don't oh, belong to microsoft <laughs> doesn't matter i say i say a solid eight okay how about you i would agree i would say an eight but for for a different reason i would say they announced some games way too early and then other games that they announced, they were literally just we need to stop with these pre-rendered cinematic trailers because by the time the game actually comes out, it could be a pile of hot garbage. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> hey, they're working on it, okay? Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, in that case, that's it for us. Let us know what you think in any of our comment sections. Again, find us on all our podcast uh, catchers. 
Sorry again that it wasn't a Meeples episode. You will get that next week. Back to regular scheduled programming. For myself, for David. Me. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on our very rapid next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.